We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, April the 23rd, 2020. On today's show, we continue along with the Carolina Classics as we talk South Carolina, Georgia, 2014, when the Gamecocks beat the Dogs 38-35 to in a thrilling, awesome game at Williams-Brice Stadium. One of the all-time games, definitely in my lifetime as a Gamecock fan, and I know a lot of, for you as well, the people that were there, one of the loudest moments one of the loudest experiences at Williams-Brice Stadium as well, and just a great win for South Carolina. Again, the 38-35 to win over Georgia. I'll talk about my experiences actually at the game. I was in attendance, so we'll talk about that, sort of relive that, relive the great memories from that ball game as well. Also, some news and notes to get into, including football news. It includes Brian McClendon leaving for Oregon, South Carolina picking up a commitment in four-star linebacker Bryce Steele, also Clemson getting a decommitment. You know, we've got to talk about that. And we also have your listener questions to get to on a packed episode of the Spurs Up Show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and let's get it rolling. Let's get it. Phillips shows the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a packed show, obviously, as we continue along with the Carolina Classics segment that we're doing. We talked last week, South Carolina Clemson 2013. Today, we talk about another great game, a game that really I've talked about before, guys. It's probably one of my favorite South Carolina games of all time, especially to rewatch, and that is the 2014 game against the Georgia Bulldogs. What was a thrilling, thrilling game. Really one of the all-time games, again, for me in my lifetime as a South Carolina fan. Before we get into everything, a few housekeeping items really quickly. If you have not done so, click the pause button right now. If you haven't went and left five stars, if you haven't left a review, please be sure to rate the show, whether you be on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it may be. It's a great place to leave your thoughts, your feedback. If you like the show, if you support the show, please take this time to leave five stars for the podcast. It helps boost up the show. It helps others that maybe have never heard of the Spurs Up Show to help find it. And people that are asking, hey, how can we support the Spurs Up Show during quarantine? How can we help you guys out? It would help me out tremendously for you guys to leave five stars, to leave a positive review. It immensely helps the podcast more than you know. Those that have done so, I truly do appreciate it. Also, if you are listening to the show and you are not subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. Click that subscribe button. You're going to get all the daily notifications when the shows come out. Again, we're only dropping Tuesday, Thursday right now, but life 
will return back to normal at some point. So you want to make sure you get those notifications. You know every time the podcast drops. So be sure you are subscribed to the Spurs Up show as well. Like I mentioned last week, guys, we're going to be operating on a Tuesday, Thursday schedule. But obviously this week really uh, – you know, got thrown for a loop with the news that I'm sure you guys saw earlier in the week. Um, and I definitely want to mention it on the podcast. I think I'd be remiss to not mention it. Um, Eric Thompson, uh, better known as Easy by his peers, his friends, everybody else, uh, passed away this week, passed away on Monday. And, you know, what was really tragic. And, you know, Easy was a friend of mine. And it was, uh, you know, obviously it happened Monday afternoon and I hadn't recorded the show. And I'll be honest, guys, I really wasn't in the mental headspace to, uh, to do so, you know, I mean, it's still tough to process and to comprehend, you know, when somebody has their life taken, they have so much life, you know, so much life left, you know, especially, but easy was an awesome person. He came in contact with so many people and interacted with so many people and was someone that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was my best friend, but he was, he was a really good friend and he was really good to me and I was really good to him. And, um, we had a really good relationship with someone I stayed in contact with that known since 2014, actually. Um, met through a mutual friend in Columbia in Five Points and, you know, I remained really close from there and talked a lot. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, I was telling somebody else this, you know, my, when I moved to Columbia, <clears throat> when I moved to Columbia in August, you know, the first, my first night out in Columbia, I went and saw Eric and we, you know, we celebrated together. And then my last night out before quarantine started, which was what, two months ago or a month ago, really a month ago, uh, it was spent with Eric. So we, we were close, we were buddies. And obviously again, um, you know, content earlier this week really got thrown for a loop. So, I, you know, obviously, I'm, my apologies about that. But I know you guys are understanding, understanding. You know, it's not just not just me, but the entire Gamecock community, the entire USC community, the Columbia community. Uh, we lost a really good one. So, it, you know, it's definitely want to say rest in peace, um, Eric Thompson. Easy prayers to his family, his friends, everyone affected. I know it's a ton of people again because he touched a lot of people. And anybody who is blessed enough to know him, um, I know they have a lot of good memories. So easy, easy's. Uh, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about his family, and uh, you know we'll see you again someday soon. So I, I just definitely wanted to mention again. I appreciate you guys. You know, obviously understanding because um, it's again still really hard to process, and we're kind of just trying to persevere and keep going. It's what I think Easy would want us to do to just kind of keep trucking along and pour up a Jaeger bomb and keep it moving. So um, anyways, though, we're, we're going to be back next week, normal Tuesday, Thursday. Also the craft beer reviews will return next week as well. Again, those got thrown out of sync. Really everything just got thrown out of whack. Um, so we'll return back to that craft beer reviews will be on Monday and Wednesday and probably Fridays as well. And then the Twitch streams as well, guys, those are still going. I actually added in NBA 2K, got the college rosters, the uniforms, logos, all that good stuff, playing a full college season with South Carolina. I was going to simulate every game, and I may do it one more time, but basically, we, you know, you guys probably saw on social media, I simulated the first game, and South Carolina lost by 30 to Washington. So, I know a lot of people on the stream were telling me to play. They were saying, screw it, just play, just play. You know, and I was thinking, well, I'm not as good at 2K as I am. It'll be the show. So, like, I, you know, I, I just let this – I figured the simulations would be a lot of fun. I could sit back, relax, kind of commentate, talk shit, whatever. We lost by 30 to Washington. I'm not going to sit there and watch us get our brains beat in every game. So, I may just play. Um, I think the entertainment value would still be there because, again, I'm not some world beater at 2K where I'm going to beat every team by 50 points. So – I may just play, just keep, you know, just just kind of make you guys aware of that. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll kind of see. It's going to be a trial and error with that. But the MLB The Show stream is still running great. We're running those streams every day, you know, around 12, 1 or 2 o'clock, something like that, kind of mid-afternoon, if you will. But it's a lot of fun if you're not tuning in. 
Uh, Gamecocks baseball right now 16 and nine, two and a half games ahead of the Auburn Tigers for first place in the division. So it's it's been a lot of fun. It really has been a lot of fun. So you guys be sure to stay tuned to those. The Twitch streams, if you're not following us on Twitch, the Spurs Up show, uh, please be sure to follow us there. So, all right, let's jump into the meat of the show. Carolina Classics, we're continuing along with the Carolina Classics. And after the 2013 Clemson game last week, I figured what other direction could I go than this game that we're about to talk about? One of, if not my favorite, probably, yeah, one of my favorites. I don't know if I'll say definitively it is my favorite Without a doubt, one of my favorite South Carolina games, one of my favorite weekends I've ever had as a South Carolina fan. And that's really a lot of the context I'm going to bring because I was at the game. I was in Columbia. I was in the stadium. What a game. Had an absolute blast. I'll tell you this, guys. I was finishing up college, I think, at this point. Yeah, 2014. Was finishing up college. Went up there with a ton of buddies on Friday. We went out to five points that night. Obviously, a 3.30 kick having a damn good time. Probably didn't go to sleep till like 3 o'clock at night, 4 o'clock Friday night. No, probably like 3. Woke up at 7 a.m. Saturday. 7 a.m. to tailgate. Even I look back and I'm like, holy shit, I was a maniac. Woke up at 7 a.m. to tailgate, though. Had cracked our first bruise by 8 a.m. Walk up to Williams-Brice from – where did we walk from? I think we may have gotten dropped off. Oh, no, no, actually, no, 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 we didn't. We walked from – um, the lofts, the dorm room, because we stayed in that dorm with a friend of ours. So we stayed in that dorm at the lofts. It was a girl that we knew that went to USC. A ton of people came up. We stayed in her dorm room, and we walked to Williams-Brice. Not a horrible walk. I mean, whatever. We were, you know, whatever. Fine. Walked to Williams-Brice. It's like 8.30 in the morning. We're walking. We run into some buddies of ours on the side of the road tailgating that are Georgia fans. And if you guys, I mean, this is any time Georgia comes to, comes to Columbia, but there's always a ton a ton of dog fans. And, I mean, they're loud. They're obnoxious. And the Georgia game, I don't know if I've really ever told this story. Maybe I have, but it, it just – the Georgia game really holds a certain place for me in my heart as far as – I hate Georgia. Like, I hate the University of Georgia. I used to tell people that I hated Georgia equally, if not more, than how much I hate Clemson. And that's before, honestly, with Clemson's success, that's really what's put it over the edge of hating Clemson because their fans are probably the most unbearable fan base on this planet. But Georgia fans, I used to say, were the worst fan base in college football. Just terrible. Their fans are brutal, hard to deal with. Again, they're loud, obnoxious. You know, I grew up in North Augusta, South Carolina, right there on the border between South Carolina and Georgia. So, I mean, I had to deal with Georgia fans really probably more than Clemson fans. I, I mean, there were a ton of of Georgia fans where we were. Um, so I grew up dealing with that. So, I, I, you know, I, my hatred for Georgia runs extremely deep, extremely deep. And I'll just never forget the Georgia fans talking all that smack that day. You know, South Carolina had lost to Texas A&M to open that season, you know, looked really bad doing so. You kind of felt like, well, shit, what's going on with the program? You know, we were still ranked. I think what we were 25th in that game, 24th. We're 24th in that game. Georgia was sixth. I think Georgia was like a seven and a half point. No, I think they were eight and a half point favorite. And I remember my Georgia buddies or Georgia fans that I knew all giving me shit all week saying, you know, Todd Gurley's going to go crazy. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, it's going to be a blowout. You guys have no chance. Blah, 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 leading all the way up. And I remember telling my Georgia buddies at their tailgate. And again, this is like right next to Williams Bryce. I remember telling them, I said, hey, that's fine. Y'all can say whatever you want. But if it doesn't happen the way you're saying, if we win the game, 
Y'all better be here when we get back because I'm going to come back to y'all's tailgate and see y'all. I'm going to come back to the tailgate and see y'all. So, anyways, I'll continue with that story after the game. So, my best friend, um, he used to actually live at the lofts at USC, the, not, the, not the dorms, but the condos. I'm sure all you guys, probably most of you are familiar with the lofts at USC uh, behind the cockabooses. So, he lived there. So, that's where we tailgated, and that's where I tailgated for a lot of my years going to games and stuff like that. Anyways, tailgated there. And, I mean, you guys remember, that was a crazy day, 3.30 kickoff. Weather was sort of – it was like an ominous day, cloudy. Like, there was maybe some weather coming through. Whatever. We're having a good time. The whiskey's flowing. The beer's flowing. We're drinking. A lot of friends. A lot of food. Just a good old-fashioned SEC football, South Carolina football tailgate. I mean, just uh, just one of those classic tailgates you have. You know, again, this was still – you know, we were coming. You know, we were coming off of 2013. This was still when there was a lot of energy in the air. You know, listen, we lost to A and M. It is what it is. Whatever. But you know, people still felt like, hey, like this, we can right this ship. We can turn this thing around. Um, so there, I mean, ton of people. It was packed. It was packed. Tons of people. Tons of energy. Georgia's in town. You know, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be rowdy. I remember I get into the stadium. 3:30 kickoff. I get in the stadium you know, after tailgating about probably about three. I like to get in about 30 to 45 minutes early or whatever. I get in there about three. And you guys remember, that's when the weather came through. The lightning came through. And they said, there's a lightning delay. You know, you've scanned your ticket. You can, you can leave and you can come back in. And I will never forget. Um, I mean, the tailgate was a blast. So, like, I wasn't necessarily happy that the game got postponed, but I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Because I, I was just right there, the loss. I mean, it's like, it's like a hundred yards away. I was like, Oh yes. Went back to the tailgate. We drank some more. We partied, you know, cause the game didn't start for like another hour and a half. It basically turned into a night game. That game turned into a night game for those of you guys that remember that, which is probably everyone and the people that were there as well. So my seats, you know, it's funny for many, many, and I still do this to this day. You know, I love standing in the turnstiles person. Like I'll stand the whole game. I don't care. I'll stand the whole game. So, a lot of times what I would do, especially then, I mean, I was in college, whatever, didn't have a lot of money, I would buy the cheapest ticket possible and stand in the turnstile. And probably my favorite turnstile to stand in is the turnstile right above where we run out for 2001. That's a really good view to me. It's cool to be above 2001, whatever. That, it was just a cool – I feel like it's a cool experience there. So, that's where I was for that game. So, again, after we leave, partying, tailgate, whatever – go back in the stadium. And it's just me. I mean, I didn't have, like, my brother with me. Like, no, none, of, none of my buddies. It was just me in, in where I was standing. Um, and I was surrounded by Carolina fans. So, you know, it really didn't matter. I was like, you know, I'm with Gamecock fans. I'm with people of my peers. You know, I'm with my peers. I'm with people that, you know, are on my side, whatever. So, anyways, in that turnstile, obviously the game itself was crazy. Dylan Thompson went off just like he did all season that year. Um, I'll never forget uh, – that first touchdown drive, that first touch, I had a Georgia fan actually standing in front of me in the turnstile, and we were giving him so much shit. I mean, so much shit. I forgot to say that too in pregame. I was giving, I mean, I was on some re pretty reckless shit back then, guys. I ain't gonna lie. I was giving Georgia fans an ungodly amount of shit. Like basically saying, if you're a Georgia fan, F you. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I was going, crazy I hate Georgia I can't stand them and it was really more so directed my buddies because they were with us just talking shit chirping the whole time and so I started chirping back with them so again it, that carried into the stadium I mean just chirping these chirping this dude in front of us 
And I remember we went down the field, scored that first touchdown. Obviously, Dylan Thompson and Shaq rolling. Place goes ballistic. Place goes nuts, obviously. I mean, it felt like, what, 85,000 strong. I bet the attendance numbers are right here somewhere um, in this box score or something. But I don't know. Either way, a raucous, raucous environment the entire game. Um, let's see. Yeah, game was delayed 90 minutes due to lightning. I'm trying to see if they have the attendance number here. I'm not seeing it. Mm. Oh, yeah, 84,232. I mean, that's a packed house. That's a CBS game. Again, turns into a night game. That's a packed house. Like, that is big time. And it felt like that environment. You take a look at the stats, though. I mean, South Carolina really, you know, and I was about to say dominated this game, but I don't know if, you know, I don't know if dominated is the right. I mean, Georgia had to score 15 points in the fourth quarter to lose by three. So, I mean, Carolina's offense really just moved up and down the field on Georgia. Dylan Thompson, again, 21 30, 21 of 30, 271, three touchdowns. Brandon Wiles, 14 carries, 93 yards, a touchdown. Um, you know, and this was the year, you know, Todd Gurley was the feature back, but Nick Chubb was a freshman. I think Michelle was a freshman as well. You, they still had Keith Marshall. They had Isaiah McKenzie. Their starting quarterback was Hudson Mason, which not a great QB, was okay, was serviceable. Um, Chris Conley, one of the receivers, really good. Michael Bennett was still on the team that year. Um, but this was really – I mean, this to me, again, guys, is one of the best South Carolina football games, just pure football games that I can remember in the sense of two teams trading blows going back and forth, back and forth. Dylan Thompson played a phenomenal game. Steve Spurrier, I thought probably called one of the best games of his South Carolina coaching career. I would say, I mean, it was a phenomenal coaching job. What Steve Spurrier did, um, how he was drawing up ball plays, getting guys wide open. Um, you know, you take a look at the receiver numbers, Nick Jones led the day, four catches, 87 yards. You had Busta Anderson five for 67. Jack Rowland, four for 47. Farrow Cooper, three for 27 and a touchdown. Farrow had that little, uh, that little swing pass or whatever they got in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, and then a ton of guys running the ball, too. I mean, because you had Brandon with 14 for 93 with a touchdown, and he had that big touchdown run late in the game in the rain. And then Mike Davis, 17 for 66. Um, so, really, I mean, you look at it, a balanced attack, man. Threw for 271 and ran for 176. That's – you. I mean, God, I would, I would kill for those numbers now. I would kill for those numbers. Um, but anyway, so a back-and-forth game, obviously, and really it was South Carolina's – the story of the 2014 season was and why it wasn't as good as it should have been was the defense. The defense was atrocious. The defense didn't have a heartbeat. And it really wasn't any different in this game. I mean, you guys remember after that first touchdown drive, South Carolina goes up 7 nothing. Yay, we'd be – before you can even collect yourself, before you can even be happy and celebrate that and catch your breath, you have uh, – what was it? Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle going, uh, was it 33 yards for the touchdown? Is that right? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, 33-yard touchdown. And it was easy. It was easy. The little screenplay, you guys remember. It was easy. I remember that game, too, started with that. Who was it? Who was it that should have had a pick on Mason on that first drive? I think it was, uh, was it Chaz Elder, maybe? I think it was 17. I think it was 17. I think Chaz Elder was the one. Like, he should have picked it. Our secondary was atrocious that year. Um, and, you know, t- we had TJ Gurley on the show, and listen, he was on that team, and he talked about, you know, one of the reasons that that secondary wasn't nearly as good, and it makes sense, is because the damn the, the pass rush was just not there. And I mean, they were they were certainly lacking. I mean, they they were certainly certainly lacking in the pass rush department. 
Um, you know, so anyways, defense, this was just, again, though, this was one of those, it felt like a Big 12 kind of game, back and forth offensively, both teams trading blows. Um, you know, I've got the highlights pulled up now, and I'm just sitting here watching. You know, Georgia actually went up 10-7. to 7. I remember we had a bad turnover earlier in that game, too. But Dylan Thompson, I, I want to talk about – I don't understand, because I've seen some fans throw shade about Dylan Thompson, and I really don't understand. I mean, listen, I don't consider Dylan Thompson, like, one of the greats or anything. Like, I'm not putting him up there, you know, with Connor Shaw or, hell, even Steven Garcia, but, like, Thompson was a really – he was a pretty damn good player. Like, and this was another one of those games. I don't understand the people that throw shade his way as far as, like, criticizing his game and saying that he wasn't, you know, honestly a big-time player. Like, he probably would have been a big-time player for four years anywhere else. So, you know, I thought Thompson balled out. Again, South Carolina was able to overcome some bad turnovers. You know, you had the big – uh the big Pharaoh touchdown. I'm just kind of scrolling through these highlights. What was the – oh, yeah, the Busta Anderson play, the Busta Anderson throw and touchdown to go up 21-13. That was a great play. Nicky Jones had a lot of big catches in this game. Demir Bird had a big catch. People talk about Shaq Rowland. I posted that highlight yesterday. Um, God, just what he could have been, you know, what Shaq Rowland could have been. But really, again, you take a look. I really think it just – it just – it came down to – it came down to Steve Spurrier and the great play calling and the game plan and everything that the Gamecocks had going in this game. I mean, South Carolina was able to overcome a terrible defense, a terrible defense and a terrible defensive effort because their offensive game plan was so good. By the way, just watching the highlights, again, shout out Brandon Wilds. So underrated, so underrated, such a good hard-nosed player. Um, you forget Elliot Fry was in this. And, I mean, the, the rain really started coming down third and, four, you know, really fourth quarter. And I think that's what was so impressive, too, is that South Carolina, when it needed to run the ball, it ran the ball. I, I mean, it ran at will. And I don't know when the last time – there haven't been, honestly, many times, and it's been a while since we've seen a South Carolina football team you know, really want to run the football and then be able to just run it successfully and impose their will. And that's what South Carolina did in that second half. That's what they did in that fourth quarter. I mean, you watch this drive I'm watching right now, which obviously you guys can't see it, but, you know, 31-28, 13 minutes left in the game. It's raining. It's hard to throw the football at this point. South Carolina, I think, ran the ball every play on this drive. You're at the 24-yard line. Um, and I think this is the play – yeah, this is the Brandon Wilds play. He breaks out, jukes a guy, goes left, breaks another tackle, and goes in the end zone. And at that point, obviously, williams Bryce Stadium, the top came off. Now, I thought that pretty much put the nail in the coffin. That was it. Um, and, it, it, you know, obviously, it led to be the game-winning score. Um, but, you know, just a great game plan by Steve Spurrier. Really was. Um, the other thing you got to talk about in this game, and I, I love to talk about it, is Georgia's – incompetency <laughs> the goal line I mean just the incompetency of Mark Richt and the offensive staff of Georgia I think it was Bobo I think was the coordinator I think Mike Bobo was the coordinator I'm almost positive yeah I'm pretty positive Mike Bobo was the coordinator so Georgia gets down there let's see Georgia gets down there first and goal right first and goal the South Carolina four-yard line 
Todd Gurley ran for 131 yards. He ran for a touchdown. South Carolina couldn't really – I mean, they contained him. I thought they did a good job containing him. I thought going in that game it was like, hey, Todd Gurley's going to get his, no question about it, but you've got to limit him. You've got to limit him and don't let him go off and run for 200 or 220 or whatever. They held him to 130. They held him in check enough for the most part. Um, the one run that he had in that game that stands out, I'm sure you guys remember, he took the handoff around the left side and it was stopped. He ran all the way around on the right side. I think it was like a third and eight play and he got the first down. And that was just like, oh my. And that's, I mean, that's just, you just knew like Todd Gurley's the real deal, man. This, guy, this guy's a monster. Um, but anyways, Georgia's got a first and goal on the four yard line. And for whatever reason, Georgia thinks it's a good idea to play action and throw the football and not give it to Todd Gurley. And that was obviously one of the huge, huge plays in the game, the intentional grounding call, which really just derailed that entire drive because it's 38-35 at that point. So we all know what happens. Georgia, or Carolina gets to stop. And lo and behold, Marshall Morgan happens. Georgia kickers missing big kicks against South Carolina. Simply put, a tale as old as time. I, I still can't believe a 28-yard attempt. I remember being against so – I'm on the opposite end of the field, in the turnstile, and there's this Carolina fan that I've made buddies with. We're standing there watching, and I'm just, like, joking. I'm like, I'm going to blow it away. I was like, I'm going like, to miss it. I'm like, miss it wide right, blow, blow. Miss it wide right, miss it wide right. And lo and behold – he kicks the damn ball up and misses it wide right on a 28-yard field goal attempt. And that was – that to me – see, I wasn't in the stadium 2012 against Georgia, so I know this is a little bit unfair. But I was in the stadium for 2013 Clemson. I was in the stadium for 09 Ole Miss. That moment when he missed that field goal to me is probably the loudest no, – it's definitely – it's the loudest – that moment where Marshall Morgan missed that field goal against Georgia in 2014 is the loudest I've ever heard Williams-Brice Stadium or any stadium for that matter. The ground was shaking. It was deafening loud. It was, and I think it was almost laugh of like hysteria. Like it was hysterical laughter. Like I couldn't believe that he missed it. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe he missed it. So, again, the South Carolina gets the ball, and I think the play that really is underrated and doesn't go noticed enough is the fourth and inches at the 50-yard line. The fourth and inches at the 50-yard line. Dylan Thompson runs up, gets under center, tries to draw Georgia off, hut, 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 go, whatever. And it is a stalemate at the line. Now, I will say this. You watch this play. When you watch this play, to me, he got it, no question. I think the spot was bad for South Carolina. I think Carolina got a bad spot. I really do. But you watch this play, and it's still probably one of the most debated plays you'll hear in the South Carolina-Georgia rivalry. Um, you know, again, Thompson is... They think they stop him. We think we got it. They bring the chains out, and it's a weird it's a weird measurement in the sense of the chain is like, oh, it's like, oh, is he short? Georgia thinks he's short. We think we got it. Everybody's pointing. Everybody's pointing. Everybody's pointing. And I'll never forget, 
And because you look at the picture too, and it's like, did he get that? But the ball, the nose of the ball was just touching the post, which apparently is all it has to do. And I'll just never forget, again, being in the stadium, seeing this huge mass of humanity, the refs looking in, looking in. Everybody's like, oh, did he get it? Everybody's holding their breath. And all of a sudden you see the ref get up and point his arm first down. And I mean the place erupted. Erupt Because you knew the game was over. That was it. That was, that was to win the game. You knew the game was over. And, I mean, you talk about just a fantastic feeling. And then they, of course, reviewed it. Um, there we go. I played the audio. Yeah. Call on the field stands. First down. South Carolina gets the first down. Uh, you know, insanity ensues. And, yeah, it's just a big party after that, man. It was it was insane. I mean, what an insane game. Um, and at that point, you know, you still kind of felt like that, hey, you know, yes, did, did, did A&M catch us off guard? Did we get shellac? Yeah, sure. But this could still be a really good season. This could still be our year. You know, anytime you beat Georgia, you're thinking this could be a really, really good year. Um, so, yeah. So, just a, just a crazy game. And honestly, guys, like if, if I had to pick one game to watch on YouTube to go back and watch and, you know, whatever, 2014 Georgia game would be it. Because, again, to me, I don't, I don't remember a South Carolina game or think of a South Carolina game where there has been more twists and turns and momentum shifts and, and just crazy. You know what I mean? Just absolutely insane. Really. Um, just absolutely insane. Anytime you beat Georgia, it's sweet, but, you know, just a crazy game, man. So, definitely one of those memories. One of those – and, I, you know, it's funny. I know people are going to probably ask, did you party that night? Honestly, we were so exhausted. Shit, I didn't. I went home. I passed out. I, I, I was exhausted that day. But, I mean, that's, again, that's one of those memories. I will never – I mean, that's – that will live on forever for me. I, I mean, that that's – you know, I hope there are a lot more memories that are made like that under Will Muschamp or the next coaches or whatever, because that game was is that's one of the all time games for me. I mean, I know that season didn't turn out the way we wanted, whatever, but man, that was a fun football game. That was a fun football game, and there are, those are always a lot of fun when you come out on top. That's for damn sure. So, in beating Georgia, nothing better, man. Absolutely nothing better. So, again, 2014 Georgia certainly a Carolina classic. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of good stuff, man. That was a lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's get into these news and notes really quickly. We'll wrap this up, and then we'll get into listener questions, then we'll wrap it up. Um, let's talk about a big thing. Brian McClendon leaving for Oregon. I know a lot of people want to get my thoughts and opinions on this. You know, I, I think it was a good move, and it was an expected move. I mean, listen, Brian, I did not expect Brian McClendon to stay on this staff as wide receivers coach. You know, I think it's a good thing for him to probably take the jump. It's probably good for both parties. For him to take the jump to leave to get a fresh start somewhere else. I mean, listen, these guys—they're they're all ego driven to some capacity. You know what I mean? Like they all have egos. You kind of have to to be at the level they're at and have the success they do. And you know, it was just going to be a really tough situation for McClendon to get demoted and work on the same staff that he was on and work under Mike Bobo when he was the offensive coordinator just a year prior. So you know. I like Brian McClendon. You know, listen, I, I don't understand the fans that have a lot of resentment towards him. I have no ill will towards Brian McClendon. I don't think all the offensive struggles were him. I'm definitely not saying he was perfect by any means, but 
I mean, Brian McClendon's a good coach. He's a young, fiery coach. He's a good recruiter. He will have a lot of success. I really think Brian McClendon will have a lot of success. And the people that are shitting on him, I say this to you. I mean, at some point, you have to look at what is the common denominator. Are all of the OCs that Muschamp hires terrible? Or is there something else going behind the scenes that's handcuffing them and limiting them from their true potential? Because Brian McClendon did not forget how to coach football from 2018 to 2019. The offense was pretty damn good in 18. It was a lot better, at least. And again, in 19, you had to deal with Helensky coming in and him getting hurt. Just a lot of shit going down. And, you know, what I, I, I'm not saying they should have pulled the trigger. And I'm not saying that Mike Bobo is not an upgrade. But what killed me about Brian McClendon was the same people who want to give Will Muschamp a fifth year were ready to completely get rid of scrap Brian McClendon after two years. And you just – all right, it's one or the other. Either guys need times to fill in their roles and develop or you need to have a quick trigger. You cannot have both ways there. So, again, I wish Brian McClendon the best. I think it was the best situ- – I think it was the best move for both parties, I should say. But I think he'll have a ton of success. Like, this is not the last we've heard of Brian McClendon. Probably not the last we've heard of him in the SEC, to be com- uh, completely honest with you. So, happy trails, Brian McClendon. Also, South Carolina picking up a football commitment four-star linebacker, Bryce Steele. I know I put he was a defensive back, guys. He's listed as a DB on 247. He's listed as a DB on other websites. I don't know what you want me to tell you. But anyways, they do get a commitment. Bryce Steele, the linebacker, uh, commits to South Carolina. I think a good pickup. Obviously, you needed some momentum for the 2021 class. Uh, It was honestly unexpected for me. I did not expect them to get him. I know things are kind of weird right now with recruiting because of the quarantine, because it just kind of feels like a big dead period. Um, but definitely a good one, and hopefully it'll start to build some momentum because I've obviously voiced my concerns about what the 2021 class is going to be. I think it's going to be really, really, really hard to finish with a top 25 class. I'll be completely honest with you guys. But, you know, this, this is what, maybe this can help. Maybe this can help. And then finally, in recruiting news, and something I just – listen, I had to mention. I mean, I had somebody come at me a little bit on social media. And, of course, it was a Clemson fan. But talking about, you know, stay in your lane, whatever. Listen, hating Clemson is in my lane. So, if it's negative about Clemson, if it's the evil empire falling, I'm going to mention it. No questions asked. So, Clemson gets a decommitment. The number one player in the country decommits from Clemson. You love to see it. That's all I really want to say. You love to see it. The evil empire falling. I think it's their first decommit since like 2016. But you absolutely just love to see it. You love to see it. And I love how Clemson fans are trying to rationalize it and reason it. Oh, well, you know, he broke the no visit rule. Those rules are stupid, bro. Like, honestly, if you're a kid and you think those rules are cool and you still go there, you're kind of an idiot. I just, I'm just saying, like, I think the way Dabo and them act, the arrogance, the holier-than-thou approach, it's just ridiculous. It really is. So, good on that kid. Good on that kid for making the right decision. Um, all right. A couple listener questions, and we'll wrap it up. Colby underscore par zero zero. If Muschamp pulls off a miracle and stays, do we have a solid recruitment next year? Well, if he pulls off a miracle and stays, that means we won seven or more games. And if we win seven or more games, then certainly – I mean, I think that's your – I think certainly. I mean, certainly, if you win – if you go eight and four – you're probably going to have a pretty good class, yeah, because I think you're going to start to show that upwards trajectory in the program, and you're not going to, you know, schools aren't going to be able to negatively recruit against you. Now, how good can the class really be? Because here's the thing, man, you're not really going to be recruiting using this year's results. You're going to be recruiting losing using last year's, unfortunately, the four and eight year. I mean, you're, you're pretty much having to sell that Georgia win to everybody 
and how the program is headed in the right direction. So the, the recruiting will certainly be better if we win more games. There's no question. But how much better? I just think it's going to be really hard to get a top 25 class. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Um, let's see. Hampton underscore Watson. Number one book of all time. There's a lot of great books, man. I will say uh, Crushing It by Gary Vee is a great book. The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss is a great book. Uh, Think, Think and Grow Rich um, by Napoleon Hill, I think it is. Yeah, that's a great book. Uh, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. That's a great book, so I, it's hard to name one. Uh, Jack Dot Haley, 1121. Any more TSUS throwback content going to be posted? Yes. It's just been kind of hard to – I don't know if find that content's the right word, but uh, there will be more. There will be more, I promise. There will be more of that content, yes. Uh, TGH underscore three, last question. I'm so hyped for football. I hope we actually play this fall. I agree 110%, brother. I, I'm, I'm holding out hope and holding out faith we're going to play. Um, so let's all be positive and optimistic, and hopefully we'll speak into existence, and we'll get football. At this point, I don't even care if we have fans. It would be brutal not be able to go to games. But, God, if we can just get games played, that's, that's really all I care about at this point. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, thank you so much for the support, the love, everything. This has been a tough week for everybody, so I, I really do appreciate it. That was a lot of fun, though talking Carolina, Georgia 2014. I really have enjoyed these Carolina Classics. And again, we're going to get back on schedule next week. Tuesday, Thursday, pods will be dropping. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, craft beer reviews, Twitch streams every day, and then also all the other content that we do. So again, guys, really, really do appreciate it. Episode 238 in the books. Everyone have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.